Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. We're in the end game now. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. a large supporter of the Punters Are People 2 Regiment. And with me, as always, is AJ don't draft a kicker in the first round, Marchese. I'm so happy happy you finally sung for us, Rob. Hey, I, I sang my own intro song that one time. I had to do an episode on my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Forgot. Uh, the best episode we ever did. It's true. My favorite. Today, we're going to be counting down our top specialist prospects in the 2020 NFL Draft and previewing the NFC West Draft plans. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby Going out to Vegas maybe Looking for a young or a two Don't draft a running back on the first day Don't draft a running back on the second day Maybe draft one on the third Or don't Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard the inside. You barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com team today, and you'll get a free shipping and a 60-day free risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. Uh, speaking of safe, you know who's not safe? Who's that, Rob? Like half the kickers in the league because they suck. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I, I'm not overly fond of this group of kickers, though, Rob. I'll be honest. That's why don't <clears throat> draft a kicker because I feel like the hit to miss rate is so, like, most of the good kickers and punters... I, I shouldn't say that about punters. I feel like punch, drafted punters tend to stick. It's true, yeah. like Because, uh, you know, the old saying, kickers are head cases. If, if they come into the league and miss their first couple kicks, 
it could be the end of it. It's just mm-hmm. it's such a psychological game for them. But yeah, punters punters tend to hit, stick if you're drafting them well. Yeah, and a lot of the time, like I would feel more comfortable drafting just a punter with a massive leg and developing from there. Agreed. Versus like you can't do that with a kicker. No, you can't really true. develop a kicker. Like the kicker has to be competent from day one. Not that a punter can get away with being incompetent, but a punter can get away with relying more on just the yeah. physical. I don't For know sure. the physical part of the game versus like if the, certain things come. Like think about Pat McAfee. He he went from uh, like a, a pretty good punter to the best punter in the league when he retired, and that was all just because he had a hammer for a leg and developed from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Like for a kicker, it's, it's hard to teach accuracy. I feel like, like unless it's something blatant, but even then um, if, if they're misstepping or something, it's hard to get that habit out of them. But for punters, like you said, if they just got a big old leg, voice crack, they got a big old leg, uh, they can walk in day one and be productive with that and learn the nuance of the position. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the it just all comes back to kickers being a head case. Like all the best kickers yes. in the in like NFL history are generally were not high draft picks. So, mm-hmm. hey, Seabass was a hit. So I actually read an article in the Athletic this week uh, talking about when the Raiders drafted Seabass. <laughs> Seventeen. That's insane. <laughs> they they were ta- they talked to the Raiders kicker at that time and like he wasn't even a bad kicker and he's like he was saying he was on vacation in like italy because it was the <laughs> off season and he didn't pay attention to the draft because why would they draft a kicker and then he found out from his parents like the next day that would fucking suck yeah uh, uh say all in all seabass had a good career just uh not worth the 17th overall pick it's true but uh roberto aguayo made it look a little better like you know that was bad too. Seabass at least has the record for most games played by a Raider. Wow, that's a fun fact. Yeah. So yeah, I remember stuff from the article I read. <laughs> Seahawks legend Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah, kind of tarnished his career. That he couldn't do it all in Oakland. That's my take. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he tarnished Seattle too. So. While while we're on the topic of kickers and punters, uh, the only time of the year we really focus on it. Uh, by the way, folks that are that are haven't turned it off yet. Uh, we'll be counting down our top three kickers, our top three punters, and our top five return specialists in the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, it's the only time of the year I really watch them. So, I find, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I've gotten into a bad habit while like watching a, a Sunday slate of NFL and like trying to focus on multiple games. Where like when I know a team's about to punt, I kind of just drift my focus to another game. I, I, that's a bad habit for me. I'm hand up, AJ. Hand up. Yeah, no. I, I love punters and kickers, but I don't appreciate them enough, to be honest. I love the the amount of Aussie kickers that are now hitting college football. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. Like, it's, remember when it, like, it first started, we had like a trickle, but now it's like it feels like, that, like a now, quarter the, of them. The, they were saying, I forget which game broadcast it was last year, but they were talking about it. They were saying, apparently, if you want one, you just have to call this guy in Australia, and like he puts it <laughs> together for you. I'm not even kidding. That's so sick. And because uh, I think they said like 40 of them or or something, 40 punters in college football were Australian. It's, it's a lot, man. <laughs> and you know the the good thing is they're they're usually pretty good tacklers too. Yeah, and they're usually bigger, and pu- punters tend to be bigger in general. Yeah. 
Um, I think that next year we get the the Miami's punter who's just a massive and covered in tattoos Australian guy. <laughs> it's say we usually have like one great Australian guy every year. So yeah, we don't have um, a great one this year, but we do have one still. There you go. But uh, yeah, last year we had Mitch Wisniewski. The year before Michael Dixon. Yep. Um, Big hits. So uh, who who in the NFC West will be drafting one this year? Find out when we do our mock and. For their previews, of when I have the uh, oh, I guess it, it, who's the no? Actually, the NFC West is set on punters. They got the two best Americans, or two of the best Americans, Johnny Hecker and Andy Lee, and then uh, Dixon and Wyshynski. It's a it's always been a strong punter division, which takes me back to what I meant to ask earlier. Who's your favorite kicker and punter of all time? Oh fuck! Uh, just Does in my that- heart. Yeah. Doesn't have to be the best because my my God knows my favorite kicker of all time was not the best. Uh, punter, I'm split between John Ryan and Pat McAfee. Yeah, that's a good take. Uh, McAfee goes back to that because I love that West Virginia team uh, so much. Um, and he was a nasty kicker for them too. He was, yeah, it's great. Um, for kicker, kicker, kickers, I have to think a little harder. Who are yours? Go ahead. My kicker's Jeff Reed. The old Steelers kicker. Fair enough. I, I like Jeffrey too. He was he was a little crazy. Always had crazy hairdos. Uh, I think he got arrested a couple times for public intoxication. I remember he <laughs> peed in a fountain once. Uh, and then on top of that, he was actually a pretty good kicker for a long time. Won a Super Bowl with him. So he, he he's always had a place in my heart. Also, when the Steelers beat the Dolphins on Monday Night Football three nothing, I think this was <laughs> the Ricky Williams return game. It must have been like two thousand seven. And uh, literally, it was just a monsoon. So the it was zero zero all game until the final. Uh, and when Jeff Reed hit like a thirty four yard game winning field goal in the block, instant classic. Who else? Who else do you have? For My punters? favorite punter is probably Pat McAfee as well. It's hard not to be because, like you said, that West Virginia team. We both grew up huge fans of that team. Yeah. And then his personality, and even what he's done post career too. Uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. He's just so likable. Um, kickers. First of all, shout out to Mike Vanderjack because we have to. Can't do a punter and kicker show without saying Mike Vanderjack's name. Steve uh, Christie, too, if we're hitting Canadian kickers. <laughs> there you go. Hey, there's a Canadian kicker in this class. Um, weird. A cool story, actually. But anyways. Uh, uh, my favorite kicker is Akers. <laughs> David Akers is an underrated kicker. In the I love David Akers. He was know really, what, really good. He was really good, and he's underappreciated. Probably not my actual favorite, but I liked him a lot. So, fuck it. I'm going with David Akers. We both liked those early Eagles teams, too. I did, yeah. I'm trying to think what other punters. Uh, I always liked Andy Lee, but I mean... He's, yeah, he's just been very good for a very long time. Shane Leckler is hard not... Like, I think Shane Leckler's a, a Hall of Famer. I would, I would put it in... I think he's the greatest punter of all time. Him and it's, Ray it's, Guy. Yeah, I mean, it, you. it's hard to uh, to not pick. Like, the, the like... I love Vinatieri, but I'm not yeah. going to pick him for my favorite. But, but Vinatieri and Leckler both should go into the Hall of Fame. Vinatieri will. If Leckler doesn't, I think that's crazy. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Vinatieri is the greatest a, a of all lock. time. And, oh, which brings me to this: Is Devin Hester a Hall of Famer, return specialist? Oh fuck, that's a big question. He's um, the greatest return specialist of all time. He was on the. 2000s all-decade team and the 2010s all-decade team as the return specialist. I'd put him in, but... Me too. I think it'd take a while. And i put Leckler in. I'm not sure if he's going to get in. I, 
I think though, like if you're the greatest at your position, you deserve to be in. Like oh, I yeah. would put those guys in over the guys who are like borderline Hall of Famers at a different position who are never top five at their own position, things like that. That's fair. It's just too many, uh, too many people still voting that are like uh, kickers and punters aren't real football players, old school guys like that. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, if you didn't play O line and kicker like Lou Groza, you don't <laughs> deserve to be in. It's true. Uh, okay, let's jump into our kickers. Uh, I'm hand up. I'm not an expert at kickers. Uh, AJ is. <laughs> yeah, I'm always hit, baby. Um, interesting class. Uh, one big name at the top. Yep. Um, a guy I I fell in love with in the process a little later. Just let, let's go three and three. You you hit us with your three. I'll go my three. Okay. <clears throat> number one, I kept it simple. My, my my lists are pretty simple today. Uh, number one for me is Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia. I don't know. I'm starting at one, but let's do it this way. It's more fun. Because kickers deserve it. They yeah, they deserve the headline. Uh, when they when they miss kicks, they get the headline. But when they make them, they deserve them too. Uh, number two for me is Tyler Bass. I think those two are the top two guys clearly. And uh, three for me from Utah State, Dominic Eberly, the German. Oh, I thought you had more to say on that. <laughs> That was so yeah, awkward. Like, you're like the German. I thought you were gonna be like this guy. Okay, Sorry. look. Oh, this guy. His leg strength. It's fine. <laughs> There's not a ton of pop behind it. Tell Didn't me, miss an is, did you only make him your third because it's clearly a two kicker class? In the third one, you were just like the German makes it funner. Yeah, I mean, if JJ Molson, the Canadian who's directly related to the Molson Brewing family, if he was uh, any good, he, he would have been my third guy. And a, and a friend of the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, you, turn you down know, Nick you know, Saban. You know our, our, we have a connection to J.J. Molson, right? We do? A uh, friend of the show, Matt McCoon, has uh, partied with him before. Oh, fuck. I totally forgot about that. There yeah. you go. There you should have put him at three. Yeah, you look like a fool now. I didn't put him at three, but I, my third will make sense uh, still. Uh, yeah. I want Tyler Bass number one. Not going to okay. lie. I, they're, they're close for me. I think yeah. So I got Tyler Bass one two hundred and third on my board. Pro comp obviously Mike Badgley. Uh, two Rodrigo Blankenship of Georgia, uh, two twelve on my board. So really close. Uh, pro comp Chris Boswell. And so then, draftable draftable grades for both of them. Yeah, both both I think should get drafted. Or like I, think, I I wouldn't draft them, but I think they both do get drafted. I agree with you. Um, and then I think, yeah, huge fall off after the top two. But I like this guy, Sam Sloman of uh, Miami of Ohio. He's my uh, fourth kicker. I, I want to talk Sam Sloman, so I get, I'm glad you uh, picked him up. Yeah, so he's 305 on the board. Matt Prater pro comp, mainly because of their <laughs> body composition. Um, <laughs> Sloman, Sloman's got a big leg and better f- than uh, 49 out than a lot of guys in the class. You notice, okay, Sam Sloman, he was 0 for 5 from 50-plus uh, heading into his senior year. Then he went 4 or 5 from this season, okay? Uh, and then he got better at touchbacks. He had some issues kicking the ball out of bounds on, on kickoffs. I think Sam Sloman is an ascending talent. He's getting better. Watch out. Yeah, he – uh, I'm just – if again, it's a two-kicker class. Third guy, I'm just going with a big leg. That's why I picked Sam Sloman. Plus yeah. the back. Uh, for, for me, Everly – I think he's kind of just a, a solid, like another guy didn't consistent. miss an extra point. Yeah, steady, consistent. Uh, had a three uh, fifty-plus field goal game against New Mexico State. That was a pretty dominant performance. I think it's one of like the only ones in history. 
So I, I gave him the nod over Sloman, but they're actually tight for me. And then uh, Bass and Blankenship are tight at the top. Yeah, so the difference between Bass and Blankenship, I think Blankenship's a much safer option. Agreed, yeah. Like, he's he seems like he's just going to be Mr. Consistent. Um, it's like, he, he's got a good, like, not, not like a massive leg, but a good leg. Uh, yes, six, it, it, six of nine from fifty plus. Uh, had that fifty-five yard in the Rose Bowl a couple years back. Uh, yeah, like he, and he he's made big kicks in big games. He did miss the game uh, South Carolina. against South Carolina. That's kind of like the black mark on him. But I, I think ultimately, yeah, he's just going to come in and immediately be a starting kicker. Like he's as safe, I think, as it gets in terms of kicker prospect generally yeah, speaking. He, He's also probably the best uh, kickoff guy in the group. That's a good point. Um, deep in the end zone and lots of touchbacks and big hang time on them. Like Bass, Bass put a lot of touchbacks in, but less hang time. If we want to really break that down, uh, with Blankenship though, bit of a trouble with uh, blocked field goals. Three in his career, kind of has that low driving trajectory on his kicks. Where Bass, pretty much the complete opposite. He's, he's got a bit. I call him like a nine iron where he's got a big old loft to it, but he's mm-hmm. he, he's got a lot of push behind it. Like you throw the LSU game on, 47 yards right hash, uh, nearly over the upright. So like you see the flashes of the big leg. I think see uh, I think why I ended up going bass over blanket chip was because I, th- I just think there's more upside with him. So if I'm drafting a kicker, which I would never, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm taking the the guy with the bigger leg. Which yeah. I think, like I, I, I think Bass has more potential, but agreed, yeah. Uh, less consistent accuracy, uh, through like just in general, yeah. Um, hasn't played nearly as big games, yeah. Uh, so kind of give the the poise nod to Blankenship probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, mechanically though, I think like Bass is quick. I, I just thought his his motion, uh. His mechanics as a kicker were, it's just really quick. He's yep. and, and tight. Yeah, like again, and the way he arcs it, yeah, you're not going to see him get blocked very often in the pros. Mm. Also, he, fun fun stat to end it here. Uh, eight career tackles in the last two years. Eight career tackles. Eight, eight tackles in the last two years, which is I always like to look at that. Those stupid little things too. Also, also both of them get the bonus that they're going to be good for the social media team because yeah. Blankenship's got like the goggles and like the everybody knows who Rodrigo Blankenship is. Yeah, and, and Bass has all these trick videos. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both they're going to be fan favorites if they hit their kicks. I mean, as yeah. any kicker would be, but of course. I mean, a fan base can be excited if they land Rodrigo Blankenship next week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, me too. Like, just the goggles in general. Like, that's something... Like, they'll start selling goggles if he ends up being, like, a Pro Bowl kicker. <laughs> I think so. See some Blankenship jerseys around the stadium for sure. I would love to get, like, just a dominant kicker. Like, when Michael Dixon was coming out of Texas, like, that that type of dominant but at kicker. That'd Maybe. be fun. It would be fun. It again. It's just they're so damn hit or miss. Like Justin Tucker's like the only, and like yeah. he wasn't even this can't miss kicker coming out. No, but I, 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 in the class overall, I think. I mean, it's kickers. I think there's a big drop off from two to three, then three and four. You already know who my guys are. Tight, and then there's a a massive drop. Yeah. No. Um. But yeah, I, I guess maybe, maybe I don't think for sure Bass and Blankenship get drafted. I think Blankenship's a lock to get drafted, and Bass is gonna be an immediate priority free agent signing if he's not picked yeah but I, like i i could see blankenship going kind of weird early like fourth round 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, it wouldn't shock me, man. Like, like again, like the pedigree, the personality, like the NFL is stupid and like can't learn their lesson on drafting kickers and stuff. It's true. I mean, I'm ready for a really goofy draft, so I mean, I'd be all in on Blankenship going way too high. <laughs> um, want to jump into punters? Yeah, let's do. It. I I think there's I, more punters in I, this. Group. Okay, so I'll say this. I think both are two punter, two kicker class. Like, mm-hmm. there's two kickers and two punters that are going to be on NFL rosters for sure. I think there's more depth throughout in the punters, but I, I, I do think there's a, still a big fall-off from two to, like, two on. I I think there's a big fall-off from one to two. I disagree. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, okay. Well, do we, Brady Mann's my number one, who I think is just a lock to be the first punter picked. Do you do, uh, do you think he him or Blankenship's the first specialist taken? That's a good question. Um, I mean, again... I have man higher than I have blank. Yeah, I was about to say, with the nature of the positions, I would be much more willing to take man over blank and shit. Like, man, man seems like he's going to immediately be a top 25 punter versus... But, but again, because kicker's uh, not more necessarily more important, but harder to find in general, that could just drive blank and chip off the board. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, uh, do you have man number one, too? Yeah. Okay, let's let's talk to man before we get into the rest of the group. Uh, what was it? Twenty eighteen, massive, massive season from him. Uh, NCAA record fifty one yards. He won, he won the Riga, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that and that's when if you go back a hundred episodes, you'll hear me talk about Braden Man uh, after Thanksgiving weekend in my college basement watching Texas A and M and the greatest college punting performance I've ever seen. You know what else is good about man? Uh, can easily handle kickoff duties. Fifty-seven of eighty in his career for touchbacks. He's um, like, he he was like, a, I don't know what kind of recruit he was, but he was like a big time punter coming out of high school too. Like he's always been like this is, yeah, what he was supposed to be. I kind of wait. Like I I know A and M is a factory, but he didn't get to start until his last two years. Right? Yeah, so. he he was a kickoff guy only before that. Yeah, yeah, I believe you're right. Um. And another guy, like very efficient in short kicks, he can dead in the ball. He's got he's got the tricks. Um, I mean, you see him outkick his coverage a lot, which isn't that's technically my, an issue. That's my only like if you're gonna ding him, his leg. But but that goes back to what we were talking about. Like I'm gonna bet on the guy who can hammer it and will yeah. try. And, and it's not like you can't find punts where he is, like. Um, dropping them dead and things like that. There's a pl- like the Clemson game. Yeah. Um, even in the Senior Bowl, you saw him do it. Yeah. If he, I, I think he needs if like the the one thing, try and get a little more hang time. Yeah, that's he doesn't have a lead hang time. And I think that's because he's just trying to murder the ball down the field at times yeah, instead of putting more air under it. Yeah. Uh, and that also could be the way he was coached in college. You you, know, sure. you never know, right? Um, yeah, quick, quickly going back to that Clemson game, twenty eighteen. Yeah, um, he, he he had his feet on the chalk in the end zone, uh, booted it to the opposite thirty five, and then it kept rolling from there. So he's got his leg is pretty special. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, um, like we were talking about, uh, punters are generally bigger than kickers, and especially a lot of the big booming punters are bigger guys. Like Pat McAfee was a bigger guy. Johnny Hecker's mm-hmm. massive. Um, Tress Way on Washington's really big guy too, mm-hmm. guys like that. And, and Br- Braden Man's not that big. Like he's just he's five eleven, one ninety eight, and uh, I just thought that was interesting because yeah, a lot of the time, like even in, the, yeah. in this class, my my punter two and three are bigger guys. 
Yeah, I, he's a well-built guy, though, Brady Man. It, it's not like he's a slight or anything, but yeah, he's just not that tall. And, like, even, like, like, like Shane Leckler was, like, 6'1", 240. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's underappreciated how, how big these guys are. Oh, also, quickly, but, man, uh, 11 tackles the last two seasons, which, uh, again, another thing I appreciate. Yeah, he's Mr., like, he's going to punt in the league for 10 years. Agreed. Uh, I, w- I want to hear who your number two is. Well, you have to give me your two and three, and then I'll hit No, you. let's switch it up. You go first. Okay, go so... Yeah. Braden Mann is obviously uh, my number one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pro Comp Andy Lee. I like it. Uh, 159th on my board. Holy shit. Okay, respect. That's high. I respect that. Like, that's what? Fifth, sixth round? Fifth round? Late fifth? Yeah. 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 So, like, I could see him going there, too. Like, yeah. I just, late... Like, he's got Pro Bowl potential as a punter. He does, for sure. Absolutely. Like, he's not quite Michael Dixon. But like He's I, close. I, like in like him, Wisniewski and Dixon, I think were all clearly the top specialists the last three years. I th- I, I put Man over Wisniewski. I think. I think Man's got more um, more upside and, and more. He's more refined. When Wisniewski was just murdering balls. Yeah, I mean, and then Dixon's kind of the best of both worlds, where he was kind of complete, had a yeah. lot of tricks, and he had that massive leg. Yeah, uh, and then. Two is Michael Turk. I like Michael Turk a lot. I, Michael Turk's Michael Turk's number two for me too. He first of all, the blood bench lines. the bench numbers too. <laughs> yeah, he's got bloodlines. He's got the bench numbers, which always catch my eye. Six he's, foot two twenty six. He's a unit. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's got a hammer of a leg. He does. Absolutely. I think he's got a, the biggest leg in the class. I think so too. I mean, uh, first of all, he was like a, a transfer to Arizona State, which is kind of weird from Lafayette. Um, it, what was he? He broke the NCAA single game uh, punting yardage record for games with five or more punts at 63 yards per punt. I think in his first game at Arizona State, um, he averaged like 46 overall. But he, he his leg is massive, but he's he's really raw. Like there's not yeah. a lot of tools. But but that that's why I think he's clearly too is he's got this fucking hammer of a leg. Yeah, he's a built like a unit. So plus <laughs> for me, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, what I'm digging him on is control accuracy. Uh, things like that, but like, there's the tools are there for him to be yeah. a stud. You know, you know what too. I, like he doesn't do it too often, but like, if you watch it, his he deadens the ball pretty well. So like the traits are there. Like like you said, you can you can develop that. Teach him how to kick directionally. Uh, another guy who outkicks his coverage, but uh, understandably again because he's got a massive massive leg. Yeah, uh, I got the Pat McAfee gump on him. I'm all in. Nice. I respect that. That's big time. Uh, and then I think there's a big drop off um, after that, and that's where I have Aaron Sipos. Is that how you okay. the Australian Auburn punter? Okay, I I so number three for me is I I kind of struggle at number three. There's kind of like the Syracuse punter. <laughs> He's kind of fun, but I, I ended up with a uh, Tommy Townsend for Florida. He seems safe. I I love yeah. big bigger leg Australian uh, football guy. Sipos yeah. is older too, which I I mean. It's not like a big deal. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, the only yeah. position that doesn't matter: punters and kickers. Um, but ultimately, I think I don't know if Turk gets drafted, but I think he's gonna be uh, on a roster. Mm-hmm. Um, Man's definitely getting drafted. Just going through, I would say, Man and Blankenship are going somewhere in the fifth, sixth round. Yep. Bass and Turk are maybe seventh round. Yeah, uh, I agree. 
but making teams, and then I don't think anyone else has got a chance of getting drafted. Agreed. If I if I can pitch you on the Tommy Townsend, like you said, uh, just really safe. Like average right around forty five his whole career uh, per pint. He's got really good hang time. He's also really good at like, just not allowing returns. One point three yards per return last year. And then he's got some of the flashes of the directional ability. I think just a savvy punter. Like when there's no rush, he lets his guys. He waits, lets his guys get downfield. He's certainly like, safer. Yeah, he's just a calm guy. He's got some of that flop uh, bounce back ability. Like he, he's not going to wow you at all, but uh, he's consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would say he's got a better. Uh, well, it's funny that Turk and Sipos both uh, declared. Yeah. Like neither neither were seniors. Wasn't Turk like a redshirt sophomore or something? Yeah, he's a redshirt sophomore. That's so crazy. I respect Which, the fuck out of I that. think we had this conversation. I don't know whether it was on the podcast or just in general. Yeah. Was at least for C post is like you only went to Auburn to try and make the NFL. Yeah, exactly. And again, like you said, he's older, so like it makes sense. And then with Turk, it's I guess at that point it's like if you're a punter or a kicker and you think you're gonna make the NFL, it doesn't matter whether you get drafted. No, like it really. would you would rather get drafted because you have more security, you get a better contract and all that, of course. But if you go undrafted, you do get to choose where you're going, and I mean, half the kickers and punters in the league aren't drafted anyway. Yeah, for sure, uh, totally. And like, it's kind of funny that he only played one year of, of all guys to come out, uh, only played one year of Division One football. Respect that. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Joseph Charlton, I, I got him lower, but he's a bit of a wild card because remember how much everyone loved him at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, no, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, I just like I don't like he's my fifth punter, but like I, I think he, he might be a bit of a wild card. He, he wasn't even invited to the combine. I don't think. I know it's weird, but he I think he averaged the most punt yards of the group this season. And then uh, I kind of like the Syracuse guy. He's, he's crafty. Sterling Hoffrichter. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, he's got fans on uh, on punter Twitter. <laughs> yeah. He, first of all, he likes to tackle, so I appreciate that. He had to he had to kick field goals. He had a fifty two yarder in his career. At, at I always I always like respect the guys who do handle both. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he didn't have to, like he wasn't the full time, but he was three for four in his career, and I think he just kind of had to fill in at times. Then he's got one of the best hang times in the group, maybe maybe the best. And then just like again, his leg, his numbers weren't big, but he flashes a bigger leg than his forty three uh, average. Um, so he's an interesting guy to keep your eye on, in my opinion. <laughs> so when when he signed to the Jaguars after the mm-hmm. draft, you Jags fans get excited. <laughs> um, okay, you want to jump into return specialist where uh, we 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 mentioned last week, I think. This, this is a loaded class in terms of guys who have uh, return backgrounds. Yeah, very much. And high-end return backgrounds. Um, and, and so, with that in mind, like I I didn't consider guys who I don't think will end up being return men in the NFL. Just like, of course you could be <clears throat> playing C.D. Lamb as your punt returner. I just don't. Yeah. Like, he, he would be in the conversation for one of the five best return specialists. He's an awesome punt returner. But I just don't see that being a lot of guys don't end up handling that once they're in the NFL. If yeah, they're a top like, end guy. Like I, I do have two guys that could be first round picks, but I think they'll be uh, doing it in the NFL. Well, yeah, like that. I but like Ceedee Lamb, I, I thought was a good example no of a guy. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. I I also have two guys, two receivers who could yeah. be first round picks, and I think would return. Agreed. I, I again, it's a really 
really good group. I kind of struggle with the order. Um, do, do you want to jump into it? or I, I was going to ask, do, do you... Because uh, some some are just kick returners, some are just punt returners, some are handle yep. both. Did you lean one way or another if a guy just did one? Like, did you ding him? Or if he's just incredible at that one, are you putting him over a guy who's pretty good at both? I Okay, so, I mean, I'll, you'll hear my rankings, but a guy that, like like can do both got a bit of a nod and I appreciate that. Feels like there was a lot more pure kick return guys in this group yes. than pure punt return too. I thought so too. Yeah. So I, I kinda gave the nod to uh to a couple of those guys that do both because the rest of the group kinda are just kick return guys. I I uh I it's it's weird how I like kick being a kick returner and punt returner is two completely different jobs. Yeah, very much so. It, it, oh. It's kind of strange to think about that. <laughs> it is. It no, it takes two different skill sets. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find a guy who can do both at a high level. I mean, that's why Devin Hester's the goat. Yeah. Like even like Cordell Patterson's the best kick return, maybe the best pure kick returner of all time, and he is not a punt returner. No, he he's a prime example of a guy that is is gonna be a great kick returner because he he's got that build up speed, that downhill type of speed. Like some of these guys in this group, mm-hmm, um, for sure. But just doesn't have the the, the quick twitchness to be hurt his career as a receiver. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who who's your favorite return man of all time. Now that we're here, I mean Devin Hester. I think's everybody's answer, but I would sort of okay. Um, maybe not my favorite, but a guy who just got forgotten about and he was fucking great, Leon Washington. Yo, I love Leon Washington. He was also sick in Madden. <laughs> he was. He needs to get more love because he's up there in return touchdowns in history. And it just feels like he got completely forgotten about. Uh, was a Seahawks, so a bit he, of a bias He also entered the league at the wrong time because his skill set would be perfect today in yeah. that like kind of like James White role. Yeah, you'd see him catching a lot more balls if he was in the league today. You're, you're totally right. So maybe, maybe not my absolute favorite, but he's up there and uh, he just deserves more recognition. No, for sure. Um, I love Josh Cribbs, even though I was a Steelers fan and the Browns, whatever. For sure. Josh Cribbs always comes to mind. What was I, I was watching uh, Caught in the Draft today, and they showed a Josh Cribbs uh, kick return touchdown, so that was <laughs> sick. Uh, I'm, I've now opened – oh, no, this, they're trying to charge me. What's happening? I'm trying to look at the most kick return yards of all time. Oh, okay, there, we're good. Uh, Leon Washington, 10th all yep. time, more than Devin Hester, and more kick return touchdowns than Devin Hester. See, and he, he's tied for first all time with Josh Cribbs. Exactly, and it just totally forgot. Like people remember Cribbs obviously really well and deservingly so. And I think outside of Jets fans, like no one's thinking about uh, Leon Washington. Yeah, and us uh, OG ish Seahawks fans. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously Darren Sproles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dante Hall was great. Um, Ted Ginn. Yeah, Ted Ginn. Um, Cordero Patterson's one away from tying the record for touchdowns, and he should, as long as he keeps being a kick returner, he should finish easily top 10 all-time kick return yards. Uh, Percy Harvin will always have a special spot in my heart for the kick return touchdown in the Super Bowl. I respect that. Right. I mean, I have to. I mean, it was worth it. What's more exciting, part. a punt return touchdown or a kick return touchdown? Ooh... I'm flipping the punt return yards now, so we can uh, go through some old names. I think, Listener, I think just by the way, we're just trying to fill time because this episode wasn't going to be that long. <laughs> I think punt returns, uh, punt return touchdown is more exciting, but the kick return touchdown is uh, is bigger for the uh, 
the infamous momentum that may it's, or may not exist. Feels like a good take. Yeah. Uh, okay, punt returns. It's f- Devin Hester's fourteen punt return touchdowns. That's insane. That's just ridiculous. Eric Eric Metcalf has ten. Hey, there's another guy. Maybe just forgotten about too. Um, Brian Mitchell's got the most yards all time. D- Dave Maggett's another guy. He he was like legitimately the original James White. Yeah. With those Giants teams. Tim Brown. Tim Brown's kind of like the one guy on this list who is a Hall of Famer outside of returning. It's it's kind of interesting though that yeah like 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 what you kind of alluded to. It's I wonder if those top end guys were allowed to return more often. What type of numbers they put up? Well, like yeah, like I mean, Deion Sanders when he did it, he was one of the best. Or like exactly. Antonio Brown was incredible at it. Yeah, yeah. Julian Edelman was really good at it. Um, guys like that. And, but yeah, I don't no, know. maybe maybe let those guys do it more often. Oh, well, I mean, kick- it's not worth the the risk because it's the most violent play in football. Yeah. But you don't yeah. care. It's not you know it's not your team. You're just trying to watch some football. Amen, brother. Okay, let's let's do it. Let's uh let's count on our our, our five return specialists. <laughs> All right, uh, I feel comfortable with my five, but uh, the order is kind of tough for me. So that's fair. Five for me is Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, four for me is Lynn Bowden from Kentucky. Three for me is Brandon Ayuk, Arizona State. Second for me is Jalen Rager, TCU. And number one's Joe Reed, UVA baby, and that's what he'll be doing in the NFL. So we've got four of the same five, three guys in the same spot. Okay. Uh, I don't have Lim Bowden. That's an error on my part. Hand up. Uh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to have a good take. I just I, I think he deserves to be on it because, A, he was pretty good at it. At two career, uh, he had two career punt return touchdowns and only nine returns, an average 22 uh, returns. And he's so. a guy who is going, like, that's part of his value. Exactly. Is, yeah. Like, his versatility, actually, more on that in a bit when we do our mocks. Sorry, yeah, for real. Sorry, I said punt return. I meant kick return touchdowns. Um, but I mean, just look at him playing quarterback. Just his open field ability. Yeah, uh, like his his best his best traits is yak ability that translates to punts uh, and kick returns. Um, for me, I have Jason Huntley five. That's just me being biased. I want to talk about my boy Jason Huntley from New Respect. Mexico State. Yeah. Uh, Four, I have Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Three, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Two, Jalen Reger from TCU. And one, Joe Reed. Let's talk Huntley. Um, big time numbers. Uh, average almost 26. Uh, only a kick return guy. Um, five touchdowns in his career. That's that, tied with Joe Reed for the best there. Um, that, that He's fun, man. I, he, I finally finally got around to him. You know, I've been wanting to for a long time. Uh, do you have a draftable on Huntley? Uh, no, but he's like one of my highest... Priority free agents. I, I, I do have a late seven, but I think he should be. I, I believe you. I, that sounds right. Oh no! I, oh wait, that's the wrong wrong Huntley. Yeah, uh, seventh. Hey, there we go. Okay, I I don't think he's gonna get drafted, but me neither. But he's, he's like the exa- yeah, he's the exact guy I'm trying to sign as a priority free agent because he catches the ball well, well out of the backfield. Yep. He's a home run hitting back who's got nice quicks. He tests it off the charts, and then he get get the kick return bonus. Like he does more than just try and be like he's not some power back who needs early down. Like he can get a touch here or there. I think he he's gonna make a roster. He's one of I, my favorite. I hope so. Guys. Uh, for the listeners, he's what five eight one eighty five or something like that. Yeah, about so, that. He's tiny. Um, but yeah, he, he's super fun. Uh, 
Antonio Gibson, interesting, because he only got to do it the one year at Memphis. Uh, didn't even do it too, too much, but average 28, which is he's a big built, damn He's built to be a killer kick returner, though. Exactly. Him and, him and Joe Reed, similar builds, obviously, and had a touchdown this year, Gibson did. Um, so, I, again, he didn't do it too much at Memphis, but I think he's going to be a full-time guy in the NFL doing it. The only reason, that the only thing that will work against it is if he takes on a larger role in the offense mm-hmm. than you're expecting. But I, th- yeah. I think right now what you're looking at, it, I, I think most of the league's viewing him as a running back, first of all. Yeah. Um, and with that, he's his, his like he's going to be a change of pace, home run hitting running back, outside tackles guy who catches the ball well and yep. then adds that kick return value. So I could see it um, first couple of years of his career maybe being the kick return guy. But if that... Uh, yeah, like the way he's using the offense evolves, then maybe take him off there. But I do think immediately he's probably going to be. I, I 100% agree. We see that so often, just a, a guy starts at kick return or punt return as a rookie, and then obviously he takes a bigger role on either side of the ball, and he just moves away from there. But, yeah, I, I think like week one I see Antonio Gibson with his feet on the chalk back there. Hell yeah. Uh, and then Ayuk I- and Rager are similar in terms of they're just both such explosive athletes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, both could be first-round picks, and yeah. these are the guys we're alluding to that are going to potentially be first-round picks, but uh, part of the value is they will also be, I think, return return guys as well. I at least punt returners. Be. At least punt returners, I should yeah, say. Yeah, so, so to go to IU quick, kind of interesting that he took a huge leap between 2018 and 2019 with, with his numbers. Uh, I'll break it down quick. For punts in 18, he averaged almost uh, just around six. In 2019, he averaged 16 yards and a touchdown. Um, kick return, he 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 had 22 in 2018, which is solid. But then 2019, almost had 32, which is well, I mean, big time numbers. I think part of it was just the adjustment because he's a JUCO guy and it was his yeah. first year at Zona State. And I mean, just look at the receiving yards too. But exactly for just taking on a bigger role, um, but. My favorite trait about him on offense is what he does in the open field. You get that ball in his yeah. hands. He can turn anything. Like, he reminds me of a, a Sammy Watkins a bit at Clemson. And I think, yeah, part of that value is sticking him back there as a return man. Uh, with with him and Rager, punt returns for sure. Yeah. You remember what the Eagles and Ravens both used to do this? The Ravens would put Ed Reed back there, uh, uh, put Ed Reed as a return man, and the Eagles would do it with Brian Westbrook when they needed a big spark. I could yeah. see them being used like that on kick returns, not being the full-time kick return guy, but if your offense really needs a spark, throwing them back there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and quickly going to Rager. I had a hell of a year with his punts, um, punt returns. I had two touchdowns. Yeah, I think he's the best punt returner in the class for sure. Agreed, yeah. And then uh, Joe Reed's the best uh, kick return guy. Well, Just, he's one of the best kick returners in cultural ball history. I- exactly. Average almost 29. Five career touchdowns. Uh, I've got a huge t- numbers. I've I've long been a Joe Reed stand. Yeah, and uh, I get a take. If Antonio Gibson wasn't in this class, Joe Reed would have a lot more hype. Yeah, I mean, they do similar things. They're both like Joe Reed's six foot two twenty four. He's built like yeah. a running back playing receiver. He ran a four four seven. He verted thirty eight. He brought one hundred twenty three. Like he blew up the combine for receiver slash running back. He did. Uh, like yeah. and so did Antonio Gibson. And Gibson, obviously, at the Senior Bowl, too. But uh, So, I think Joe Reed, like, teams could also potentially be viewing him as a running back. He moved around in the Virginia offense. He played less pure running back than uh, Gibson, for sure. But yep. they, they like to line him up back there and, and throw him past to the backfield a lot. 
And I yep. just think there's like Joe Reed is like my confirms Cordarel Patterson because that kick return upside we talked about that. Um, with Patterson, like what makes him such a good kick returner is that downhill build up speed. Uh, he's a bigger dude. Doesn't have the quick twitch, and that that's what hurts Joe Reed as well as a receiver. Yeah. Like he's not the greatest route runner or anything. Yeah. But you get him in the open field, he can break tackles. He's got a, a ton of explosiveness, uh, straight line explosiveness and speed. And I think there's a there's a role for that. Like I think he could be a change of pace gadget guy on offense and a star kick returner. Um, I fully agree with everything you just said. I, I, I again, I think he's kick returning week one. Um, and what round uh, do you think he goes? I don't know. I struggle with that. Like, like there's a chance he isn't get drafted, right? Yeah, I, I think I have a late fifth on him. Yeah, so I think we're around the same. We've also been in on Joe Reed for a long time. We just, I think part of it is we, I feel like we both watched a weird amount of Virginia. Yeah, we did. <laughs> They're fun. They were fun this year. Yeah, for sure. And I love this type of player. Um, the the kind of like gadgety running back receiver get get him open field. So I, I feel like he could be a guy who goes like pretty late or potentially undrafted just because he's a little bit slept on um yeah I've, I've tried on my twitter to to build that hype but who knows if it came maybe maybe dave gellerman saw all my tweets maybe not um <laughs> i like i would not be shocked if he goes undrafted but in this class with with that athletic testing at the combine um he should be a day three pick yeah but I, i'm just thinking if, if they're in thinking in terms of the depth of receivers too, though, that push yeah. off the board. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, he's a big, strong, physical, explosive kick returner, and he's fantastic at it. Um, if you were to bet on one of these guys immediately being uh, kind of in in the, you know how when Tyree Kill came in the league, he was a Pro Bowler, I think right away as a rookie because of his mm-hmm. what he did as a return man. If you were to bet on one guy in this class who maybe isn't a star on offense, but I mean Terry Kill contributed, uh, but is immediately kind of that star as a return man. Who would you bet it, on? It, it's probably Jalen Rager. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. If he uh, slides, especially if he slides into like let's say he goes in like the mid second round, just because the depth and everything, and mm-hmm. I know he's a little bit polarizing. Yep. And ends up on a team that doesn't immediately need him being a top go to target. I could see him handling both duties and just being this kind of spark for a team. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, I also think he, his punt returns are the most exciting thing in the class. Yeah, no, for sure. He, uh, any, like, low-key guys that you kind of like? Or uh, I, I threw down a couple honorable mentions. I think Javon Leak from Maryland's an interesting kick returner. Um, yeah, three touchdowns in his career. was good at it. And he's a guy who could – he didn't test as well as you'd expect. Yeah. So he might not get drafted, but he could sink into the back end. Uh, K.J. Osborne out of Miami, I think, yeah. is just Mr. Steady Eddie as a return man, uh, both kick and punt. John Hightower is an underrated kick returner uh, from Boise State. And mm-hmm. Noah I, I think. Uh, yeah. I just don't know how teams view him right now, but I do think uh, he, he could could be considered a return man. I'll, I'll throw two more uh, guys' names in, both a group of five running backs. Uh, Raymond Calais. From ULL. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Two touchdowns in his career. And low-key, Darrington Evans had three career return touchdowns. Yeah, I just... Because I think he's going to go higher than we think. Than we... Th- we're, I think we're both pretty high. I hope he does. I like Darrington I think Evans. he could be seeking the third round. 
I, I, uh, I I'm think not he was there on him. I'm not there I, on him, but from what like some people think he's like the sixth best running back in class. That's interesting. I, I mean, I like Darrington Evans a lot. I, I'd be part happy. Of, part of how I, I would want to use him with like his skill set is to be that return man slash satellite back, though. Yeah, no, me too. Definitely. Like I, I have him like squarely in the fourth round. I like him a lot, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think that'd be interesting rolling. But yeah, if he goes in the third, he's probably not handling those duties. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? No, let's 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 do it. I'm glad we got this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not glad it's over. I'm glad we did it. See, I told you, you you seemed unsure. I was like, no, I need you. We gotta do this because it's the only way I'll watch kickers and punters, and I need them on my big board to show that I did it. <laughs> Okay. Let's do the a- NFC West. A- a- NFC West, little little change round. We're gonna not go back and forth. We're gonna go AJ with the Cardinals. Then I'm gonna go Rams Niners. Then AJ gets to end the show on AJ's mighty Seahawks. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So uh, jump in. Go ahead. Arizona Cardinals. A- Arizona Cardinals. Pick number eight in the first first round. First round. I uh, they got to get a tackle in my opinion. I think right now. He's my top tackle on the on the board, um, Jedrick Wills from Bama. I, I think you, you probably uh, he's not going to be there at eight. I don't know, man. I'm the not Giants sure. The Giants are going to take him four. I I think the Giants are leaning worse. I I think that it, they could also be leaning Andrew Thomas. Nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. So it's, again, it's kind of like uh, just take the best one. Yeah, I, I it's it, Cardinals just take Wills, Worfs, Becton, or Thomas. Who cares? Just get one of those four. Ezra um, Cleveland. Oh, please don't. <laughs> and obviously their second round pick is gone. They got something for it. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, something something good, I think. So we come back. Uh, their final pick in the top 100 at 72 in the third round. I got them Jordan Elliott from Mizzou, who I've seen some people really love. I've seen some talk in that late second round. I think we're both kind of lower on him. Yeah, I think than- he's 87th on my board. I'll, I'll check super quick. But yeah, I, I got him in the late third so yeah this is about right for me uh just get a guy but like you do see the upside with him the, the big flashes of the pass rush ability you know what i was thinking uh mm-hmm. i did i did warn him just because i'm uh, like you i like i have him in the third round like firmly but i've yep. seen like some people really like him so yep. i was like maybe i'm missing something so i did a little bit more and i just want I, I i think if you add some weight to him he could be a really disruptive uh, guy who's not just like a three tech. He's not like a Ross Blacklock, for example. Mm-hmm. He's he get he's got more power to him, and he can do more as a run defender with his leverage. Like I don't know, I'm Marcel Darius. If you could add some weight, that's interesting. Yeah, that was kind of my takeaway on my final watch in- of him. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I have him about ninety on my board, but mm-hmm. I, I expect so him to. Same. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think that'd be a great fit. They need help there, and. A guy that you can just kind of build on and uh, hopefully get you some sacks so they need to get after the quarterback. Is that all their picks? That's all their picks. Okay, we jump to the Rams now, who have two seconds and two thirds, but no first, because um, <laughs> they don't like those. At 52, I had them, I, I was unsure. They could, they, I was thinking they could go receiver. They traded Brandon Cooks. They could wait on receiver, though. Mm-hmm. The like with with um Josh Reynolds there, who I don't necessarily think shown he can be the third guy, but he is one of the best fourth receivers in the draft. So that gives you some some leeway, I think, and allows you to wait maybe on taking that receiver. So at fifty two, I had them address their offensive line because that was the biggest difference uh, yes. from their 
two previous playoff years to missing the playoffs this past year. And I had them just take the best uh, guard available, Robert Hunt from Louisiana Lafayette. Um, left guard, they tried to fill with Austin Corbett, and it wasn't great. And he obviously was already a bust on the Browns. Like, Joseph Nopum wasn't getting it done. Um, I think adding a guy like Robert Hunt, and, and then you have him and Blythe uh at the guards, that makes you feel a little better about Brian Allen at center, mm-hmm. who I, I also don't think is a great guy there. Like they could just best interior offensive lineman might be the might be the way to go here. Obviously, yeah. obviously, obviously Whitworth and having center kind of sit as your tackles. Uh, Fifty seven. I have them go. I move this guy up my board on my final watch. Uh, they desperately need an off ball linebacker. Um, Micah Kaiser's not getting it done. <laughs> they, I still can't believe how early they drafted him. Um, I've been taking Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech at 57. Uh, you moved him up, eh? Yeah. You sneaky dog. He is fucking twitchy. He is scary. I think he's just going to be a tackle machine. You get a guy back there, he has so much explosiveness coming forward. He can do a lot. They, their defense is changing uh, with Wade out the building. Um, he's also a big leadership upside guy to have in there and I think mm-hmm. they need that at the linebacker level badly. Uh and then in the third round they uh they lost Dante Fowler to the Falcons, so they just go draft a Florida edge to replace him. Jabari Zaniga, I think good fit here at eighty four, a guy who's got the versatility to play a little bit inside on, on passing downs. Uh stout safe. I think that's what they need at edge. Take a safe option, a guy who's gonna be able to play. Um maybe he's never gonna be a double digit sack guy, but like uh Eight sack guy who defends the run well. He's got some good athleticism. I like yep. that. And then at 104, you finally take receiver. I have him going Lim Bowden. Hey. I like his fit in this offense. He's a guy who played quarterback, running back, wide receiver, return man at Kentucky. He's a do it all guy. Uh, I think he can um, give you a yak playmaker. He gives you the option to, you can, like, McVay's going to use that versatility, line him up in the backfield, let him run Wildcat. Um, uh, he's just, he's one of my favorite players in the class. He's just a, he's a, a motherfucker. Like that guy is, all he wants to do is win football and <laughs> the, he's a psycho and I love him. Yeah. And, uh, he's a, also a super great athlete. And I think if he had tested at the combine, he would have moved up the boards. Starting the scrap in the bowl game this year against Virginia Tech and then going and rushing for what, 250? Carrying the him. entire team. No one else did a thing in that game but him. Yeah. That was awesome. I know. Like that's that's one thing you love about him so much. He's just such a such a competitor, man. So many receivers are going to go in the first three rounds. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good fit. Uh, Jordan Brooks just feels like such a wild card right now. Like if he goes fifty, I wouldn't be surprised. If he goes like one ten, I wouldn't be surprised. I agree. The linebackers in general, though. Yeah. No. That's like that's Logan Wilson's here. another guy. Yeah. I mean, I you know I'm a big Logan Wilson fan, but it's like I take him top one hundred, but uh. Not, like not not by much. Somebody's gonna go because of like Queen Murray Bond and uh, Simmons are all gonna go off the board top thirty five at the latest, mm-hmm. and that's gonna force somebody up the board. And I can see it being Brooks easily. I think Brooks it, it is it, like also because he's my next guy up, but uh, he's just he's the most electric. I found him. Malik Harrison's like the safe option. I think Jordan Brooks the upside option. Do you think Brooks, Harrison, and Willie Gay all go in the second round? 
I think just Brooks. Ooh, okay. All right. You soured on your uh, your boy Willie Gay. Well, he's like I have him in the nineties on my big board. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how the board falls. It, it, these some of these guys are going to definitely get uh, overdrafted though at that mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now the 49ers, who only have two picks, both in the first round. Uh, 13th, I think Henry Ruggs is the moneymaker for them. Mm-hmm. Get that speed on the outside opposite Debo Samuel. Really rip open this offense for Kyle Shanahan. Let Dante Pettis thrive, finally. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's 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 the guy they want. Yeah, it for can't. Sure. It's got to be him. And uh, they could get jumped for him. That's something to watch. I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone trades up to 11 for him. Me neither. I, or 10. I'm, it's going to be so interesting to see how these receivers go. Cause like, well, it's funny because the, the the big three aren't getting past 15. Correct. But but they could all get past 10. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> they might just, there might just be a big run there. They might just um, all go in a row. There's a good chance. Uh uh, San Fran's got to be trading down one of these two picks. Right? I think I, so. At thirty-one, we're not doing trades. I think they're trading out of this. Me too. I hope like they're they, going to be desperate to. I they think. they don't have a second or a third. They're trading into this, uh, and, and I think that's that's got like someone's trading in for that fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. Um, they would trade out, acquire whatever, like uh, early second and a third, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, or and, fourth, whatever. They, because they, although they're loaded, they have issues. Like with DeForest Buckner gone, that's something to address. The secondary mm-hmm. is another thing they need to address. Uh, and, and there's the depth in this class at DB to like kind of get those guys a little bit later. I think. Sticking and picking though, where'd you go? I want Ross Blacklock. Um, I think just stick them in at three tech. You built you built the Super Bowl team on your defensive line. Don't don't change that now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my takeaway. You you couldn't afford to keep Buckner and Armstead. You want Armstead. Buckner's gone. Uh, so get that three tech guy who's like imagine like Blacklock is a pass rusher one on one. Scary because Bosa, Armstead, and D Ford are all in the field. Yeah, like he's gonna. It's almost like I'm just gonna best draft the best athlete uh, on the inside to get those one on one pass rush wins. Uh, I think that's a smart pick. All right, Seattle, you're up. All right, uh, Clowney's still not a Seahawk. He's gonna be Titan apparently, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, it's it's taking so long. He's get, he it's only gonna be one year, no matter where he goes, right? At this yeah. point, it's gotta yeah. be. Yeah, it has to be, especially if it's not Seattle, because just not sure. Yeah, they, yeah, it's, no, for sure. Anyways, uh, so they haven't addressed uh, addressed that edge spot. I I want them to go. They drafted LJ Collier last year, dude. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> they signed a shit ton of offensive linemen. Can, can I quickly uh, tell a quick story about LG Collier, please? Yeah, about Pete Carroll. I was listening to him and um, Steve Carroll's new Curry? podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and they were talking about like just the draft process and how COVID changed that, whatever. And they were talking about last year's draft, and it was so clear Pete Carroll's favorite player in the whole draft was DK Metcalf, and like he mentioned that they didn't take him in the first round, but he didn't name who they took, and it just like felt like he was throwing shade. He also was apparently obsessed with Chris Carson and was trying to get John Schneider to draft him in the fifth round. Pete's smart guy, Rob. I See, in my headcanon, uh, DK was 
the first round pick and Collier was the second round pick. And Steve anyway. Kerr tried to draft Steph Steph Curry when we, when he was the Suns GM, if you're wondering. So I was wondering. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I think right now all signs are kind of pointing to Edge at 27. As much as I don't love the uh, pick, I think Utah uh, Gross Matos is kind of the target right now. So I plugged that in here. Um, they need it. Uh, if he fits what they like, I would prefer Epineza. I think it could be him, but uh, just with the upside, the athleticism, it, the, the, the Gross Matos pick just makes a lot more sense. Speaking of upside and athleticism, at 59, if Kyle Duggar's on the board, I don't see them passing on him because they're going to be salivating to get him into that DB room. Not a desperate need, obviously, but I think they just wouldn't pass that up. Um, Interesting. Too, too see, much this is why I had you do it because you understand the process more than me. I would have just taken the the worst possible first-round pick and things like that. <laughs> to piss me off. I see it like they don't usually draft DBs that high, but... Uh, I, I can see this being the year and that being the guy. Uh, and they love overdrafting guys. So <laughs> At 64, this one's for me, but it makes so much sense. He fits what they like on the offensive line. Matt Pert, plug him in at right tackle. I would be so fucking happy. This would be my DK Metcalf oh pick. Oh, my God. You wish. I do wish. That make me like, Preferably at 27, give me Josh Uji. I'd be happy with that. But No, he's going 49. If, it wouldn't surprise me if they take uh, Uji in the first. Anyways... No, that and then, seems uh, like something they would do. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, obviously I have Gross Matos over Uji, but I'd be happier with Uji for some reason. I don't know. And then at 101, uh, the comp pick. I'm just shooting a shot here. This this came to my, I was having a couple beers last night, I'll be honest, while doing this. This, this, this fit came to my mind. It kind of just screams Seahawks. Uh, he has all the traits that they're going to overdraft. Uh, Khalid Kareem from Notre Dame. Who, like, not a crazy that overdraft. That does seem like a Seahawks pick. Yeah, because he's, he's, what, almost 6'4", almost 270. They're probably going to want him to add a little bit of weight, and he's got the frame for it. He's long as fuck, like 34-inch arms. Uh, kind of what they're trying to do with Rasheem Green, who's been okay in Collier last year. But that inside-outside ability, um, play outside, kick inside, just with that size at 101, I, this, I'm shooting my shot. This is, like, a bit of a prediction here. Maybe not something I do, but I think it makes sense. I think that's interesting. I uh, I, th- I also think Cleet Cream's a guy who could sneak into that uh, back into the third. Mm-hmm. I do too. Like again, I I think he's probably like one twenty ish on my board. So it's not like he's he's too much further down. Yeah, he's, he's one twenty five. It's weird how the just because we like we've talked about, there's not a massive amount of depth in this edge class. It's gonna be interesting yeah. to see who does end up sneaking into that third back into the third just at a sheer need or like top end of the fourth because mm-hmm. um, there's a couple guys who are definitely in that conversation especially if like we see Josh Uche go uh, like top 40 yeah like would then, it shock you if like Alex Highsmith goes top 100 that's what I was going to say he, Alex Highsmith Cleed Kareem um, are both guys who I think are very in play in, in the top 100 mm-hmm. or in the in the third round yeah, and I, th- sure. I think at the top of the uh, fourth round, like Strobridge. Yeah. Um, uh, you sound like you're going to say something. No, I was about to say, like, Strobridge was the guy, like, who I'm lower on, but I could definitely mm-hmm, see too. him in that range. Yeah. Garvin from the U, Tezuka, <laughs> yeah. my boy. Um, like, it, it's going to be weird because I think, like, Although it's not a great edge class, like we're still going to see like Curtis Weaver, Julian Aquara, Bradley and I, Jabari Zuniga, Darrell Taylor, all those guys are going to be in that 
late second, third round range after like the Josh Uche and top end guys are gone. Uh, one more name. Like, would it shock you if like Travis Gibson goes too high? No, because you know I was I was I, I finished him up like two days ago, mm-hmm. and like I don't love him. I, he, I like him, but uh, like he's got he plays really hard, high motor mm-hmm. guy, really good against the run. He's just got a, the, the makeup of a guy who's going to last a long time. Yeah, no, for sure. You, you know, like, I still like Anthony Jennings a lot. Me too. Uh, he's, he's, he's he's like my little secret guy who's in between all these people we've been naming. Me, yeah, me too. I think he's going to be a, a steal. He's going to go too he's, late. And, he's Jabal Sheard. Yeah, he's a good football player. I like Jennings. I, I think there's more upside than people give him credit for, too. It's going to be sick when he's the starting middle linebacker for the Patriots in two years. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. Uh, okay, that's it. Uh, like I said, we're in the end game now. Uh, mm-hmm. One final pod is coming before the draft. Uh, it will be our final first round mock draft where AJ and I will work stressfully together to complete the perfect mock. It'll and be then, so bad. And then, of course, we'll have our immediate reaction show uh, after the first round on draft night. So keep hanging. <laughs>